Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 262 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we discuss the Georgia Southern game, the news of Frost's departure, and we look ahead to the Oklahoma game. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. Justin? Yeah. My nephew, Jude, he is right around the age that I was when I saw Nebraska miss the field goal against Florida State. Hmm. And that is my earliest Husker memory. Different circumstances because we were playing for a national championship. Mm-hmm. But I find it interesting that like right around the same age, the first exposure that I have to Husker football is complete sadness. <laughs> right? Mm. And, and since Jude is just old enough to start actually paying attention a little bit to football... Uh huh. Um, you know, so far he's he's way more interested in basketball than anything. He's a basketball kid, which is you know that's great for him. Um, but you know, the last several years it's been more like he goes and he plays and he does whatever. Well, last night he was he was sitting on the couch next to us watching a little bit of the game here and there with us, um, and I, I felt compelled to explain to him why all these adults in the room were so invested in a team that struggles so much. Because I feel like kids today, they have no concept. They, they, Nebraska's always been bad for them, right? right? And so they see us getting our hopes up. They see us putting all our eggs in Frost's basket or... A certain quarterback or you know you go online people think that oh this one recruit is going to change everything right and i don't know i just felt compelled and so I, I i kind of explained to him like there was a time when nebraska football was good when these types of games were blowouts when when we were happy <laughs> watching football <laughs> right yeah. um yeah. and and so it's weird because then at church this morning I have this moment of clarity. People always kind of like talk about like, oh, we've been in the, we've been walking through the wilderness, like the Israelites. But I think a better metaphor, a better analogy rather would be, it's more like uh, the Babylonian exile. (laughs) And not to get, you know, uh, not to proselytize on our podcast, but I, I feel more like it's, 
yeah, we've been chased out of town. The old guard, everything that we knew of what we loved and cared about is literally destroyed and gone. It's hmm. not there anymore. It does not the exist. The past has passed. Yeah. And so now, yes, let's let's go ahead and tell the next generation about how great Nebraska used to be. Let's let's preserve that legacy. Let's tell those stories. But when we come back to the promised land, we're not going to find the temple as it used to be. It's been destroyed. It's it's been raised to the ground. And I, I think what we've been experiencing for the last several years in Nebraska is people are trying to just take this rubble and like just shove it. And like if we could just put it back to where it was, maybe the temple will stand again, right? But that's not what happened. They went back and they had to start from scratch and they had to build from the bottom up. They weren't using old materials. They had to build a new temple. Well, Reverend Mike bringing the word this morning. So, this so that's that's kind of where I've settled with Nebraska football. Is like at this point, uh, you know, people keep saying, "Oh, the only thing." that is tying the past to the present anymore is that sellout streak. It's it's a pay no attention to the man behind the curtain situation at this point anyway. Let's be honest with ourselves. It's being propped up. It's a weekend at Bernie's type thing. <laughs> um, well, and it's like, it's is it an example of the tail wagging the dog? I mean, we sold out for so long because mm. there was an amazing product to see. Yeah. And they kept expanding it because people kept wanting to see the amazing product. And at this point, it's the product is gone, mm -hmm. and there's nothing left but the people who keep coming because we keep coming, yeah. and um, it's all that's left, you know. And it is it is something to build on to maybe you continue your metaphor like it's a foundation, right? Is dedicated fans, mm -hmm. committed fans. That's something to build on, but yeah, it the past did not work. Yep, and I think we need to stop going to that well, you know. I, I jokingly we, we, said. We can, well, mm -hmm. we can go. I trust Trev to go wherever he feels is best to go, and if it happens to be a connection, that's fine. Sure. But that's a that's just in the nice-to-have category. It's not even on the priority list anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, in some, I, and in some respects, it might it might be a liability at this point mm. because if you're trying to resurrect the past, like you're not looking to the future. And, and Trev did a good job in his press conference today of saying we're not going to – we need to stop talking about past championships and, and start building a championship culture. And I've already seen a couple um, former Huskers, more recent Huskers, saying, uh, yeah, current and former players have been saying that for a while. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I will let's, say, let's my, stop. My, uh, let's stop saying, "Man, we used to be good," and start looking forward to when we can be good. <laughs> well, but before, yeah, yes. Before we look too much forward in this podcast, though, I will say, when I heard the word, heard the news this morning, uh, my initial reaction was just sadness. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's uh, you know, it's 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 sports. So at the end end of the day, it's not that it doesn't really matter. It's like not like lives are on the line or anything, right? But you know, it's. It's Nebraska. It's a small community. It's a tight community. I, I feel like it's so tight. And this was the, you know, the golden child, the favorite son come home. And everybody just knew it was going to work out. And it seemed like the track record with it was there. And uh, and nobody wanted him to fail, except for like a few real sickos. Like nobody wanted him to fail. Mm -hmm. And he got an extra long leash because of that. 
And uh, Trev, I think, made the excellent... He, he pounded home this morning that... Or earlier this afternoon, rather, recording on Sunday here, the day he was fired, that um, he did every... Trev did everything he could to help Frost be successful. There was no movements behind the scene, no Trev saying, I think you need to do this. It, he said it was, you know, we, we did everything we could to support Scott and his vision. You know, everybody wanted it to work out and it didn't. And I, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say I, uh, I got a little, a little moist eyed for a few moments, just thinking about it all. And, and I've been a couple times this week, even before this happened, I've thought of that article that was uh, in a central Florida newspaper. Do you remember some journalists like bumped into Scott at the grocery store while he was weighing the decision where mm-hmm. to go. Do you remember this? Yeah. And, he, and he was just like, so torn. He was like, I got a great thing going here. And you know, I, I love my life here, but you know, you never know if these, when this opportunity might come up again. And, but if I go and I fail, like, it's like, I lose that life. And, and he was so torn and you know what? He, he should have stayed. Yeah, absolutely. He should have stayed. Uh, it's just like, it's so it's like a sickening feeling to be filled with regret for a decision you didn't even make and weren't even a part of. But like, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know. I've never met Scott Frost to my memory. I've been I've been around his parents, but I've never met Scott. But man, I just feel I just feel sick about it. Yeah, no, I I hear that. I actually it, it was interesting because the first thing I felt compelled to do when I woke up this morning and like I never I don't do this with sports, but I. I prayed for Scott Frost, the human being, this morning. Really? And, and it was just because, yeah, even I was saying it yesterday. It was like, well, I'd love to be in his position and get fired and walk away with millions of dollars. I mean, I'll, I'll take that. I'll swap lives with him, right? But when you take the money out of it, like, I, like I legitimately am, I don't know what his support system is uh what what his you know what his friends and family and and the people around him but i hope he's got good people around him to help him walk through whatever he's gonna have to walk through in the coming hours weeks months years you know because to to be put on a pedestal and have everybody put their hope in you i mean i just think of all the the in frost we trust shirts that were pressed the very first day it was announced that he was going to be our coach like people people were all in on frost and and just the amount of pressure and the the fall from where where we started i just i think back to five years ago how elated even i was as a fan oh i I I remember i remember i drove over to I drove over to a parking garage here in Lincoln because they had his face on the big screen and I took pictures of it. Actually, I drove up like three parking garages trying to figure out which one it was that had the good view from in, into the stadium. Sure. And then they had Frosties at half price at the Wendy's downtown. So yeah. I picked up a couple of those on the way home. I remember sitting on my couch in my apartment with a bowl of cereal just taking in the press conference because I think it was like the next day he like did this like 20-minute thing and... Oh, do you think you're going to have to adjust your scheme to the to the Big Ten? Well, I think the Big Ten's going to have to adjust to us. Like he was saying all the right things. We were like, heck yeah. All those former players coming back to oh, yeah. the facility yep. for the first time in years. It, it was it was this coronation uh, all premature, right? Um, and, and I think 
I think it's because Mike Riley was so bad. I think it was because Sean, Sean Eichhorst was so oh, bad. Oh, sure, you know, sure. You that know what? whole situation. Riley, Riley was okay. Mm-hmm. I think he was like 9-4, and four and it was the last bowl game. You tweeted earlier today that it was uh, we're 35 and 51 as a podcast or something. And <laughs> it's 35 and 50. Nice round number. 50, and for our, us. Fr- our friends at the Go Big Redcast were like, what's it like to see a to podcast about a bowl game? I mean, that was the last bowl <laughs> game. And we, it seemed really rough. We had a bunch of guys out. And it was like, oh, this isn't bad. We need to get better. And then I think Eichhorst made Mike Riley fire his buddy Banker on defense and then brought in Diaco. And so as yeah. we're all doing revisionist history, you've been tweeting like all about Bo all week. I, like. <laughs> I, I, I promise you, all the Bo stuff is a joke. I don't mean okay. a word of it. <laughs> oh, okay. But I do think that we, as we, and I think people have been doing this recently too, but we got to probably revisit our Riley time with probably okay, well, a little bit more charity. Sure. But I, I, I do want to put this in here. Like you, you, you responded before I was able to really finish yeah. that thought. Uh, Riley. So was, here's the deal. Is that what I really want? <laughs> no, Riley was <laughs> so bad from what we were used to at the time that we thought, well, we need to get somebody in here, anybody. And then we got Frost. It was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. We're we're going from somebody we've never even heard of to this hometown hero. Let's do this. Like we, we thought that was going to wrap everything up in a bow, and you know I'm sure there's a lot of people who were like ringing the alarm bell, you know, sounding the alarm when that hire happened. Because there were people who spoke up and said, "Nope, this is too soon. It's not going to work. You guys think it's going to work, but it's not." There were people saying that. Not many. Um, th- yeah, but there I I remember seeing them. And okay, uh, I think we all wanted to believe so badly, and and we also I remember having discussions. We were saying like, yeah, I think by I think by year three, we can really expect to see some kind of progress, right? And then twenty twenty happened, and we were like, ah, year four didn't matter, <laughs> or whatever, right? Or wait, no, he said year year three didn't matter because that was twenty twenty, and then year four. 2021 well that was a rebuilding year from all the garbage from covid and now it's 2022 and suddenly oh my gosh things never got better yeah it just feels like he's been it as saying this to my wife is like i feel like it's almost been like a jinx uh tenure and she was like yeah but that's stupid like jinxes come on but it, like you think about going all the way back to game one with the lightning strike <laughs> and the game getting canceled and then going having colorado come and uh, the two years in a row where we lost leads to Colorado and, and then COVID hits and you had all this momentum and things just drain away. And then there's Nebraska brought football back, but then everybody like, I don't know, not everybody. Then we were some sort of pariah for a while and we didn't have a holding called against us for like two years. And then it's kind of that second year of COVID, whatever. And then, you know, last year with all he, Frost really needed to restructure everything last year because that was the last that was his last shot. He didn't realize it. Yeah. Or maybe he maybe he just didn't have enough people giving him the good advice, but he needed to to do a radical change then. And, you know, I suppose I'd be curious to do I'm not I don't know if we have the time or mental energy to do it right now, but just a thought experiment of taking out the six year seniors mm-hmm. who were around on defense last year. Like, if you don't have those guys, how much worse is last year's defense? But then maybe this year is even better. Because I'll tell you, the problem 
this year is there's just no depth on defense. It's mm-hmm. just gone. That your safeties and your corners, I don't know the stats from this game yesterday, but from the previous two weeks, they've played like 95% of the snaps. And then Nick Henrich gets hurt at middle linebacker, and there's no depth. And Ernie how's I got excited and whacked my mic stand over here, <laughs> talking to myself, not even looking at your face. Um, Ernest Hausman, bless his heart, he's out there fighting, and he's he's a great athlete, and he's going to have a long, great career here. But he, uh, you know, he's a freshman, and you got backups in. And I'll tell you, I'm not, I'm no linebacker expert, but I feel like what happened so often in the the game yesterday is there would be a, a, a simple delayed. So the, they put out all kinds of wide receivers. They're not a running team. They spread out the defense. And you just don't have, like, a Levante David at middle linebacker. Nick Henrich is out. You know, your, your, your captain, your team captain is out. And so you've got an inexperienced couple guys trying to fill it. And you can kind of spread them out so you got, like, a middle linebacker there. And you get some sort of counter motion, some sort of uh, misdirection. He steps one wrong way. And he's cov- he's covered up. He's he's blocked out. And then the middle of the field is wide open. And it's time and time again, big runs that were kind of like at a weird little angle across the middle of the field that went for so long because we just don't have experience. JoJo Doman's not there to clean up the messes. All those six-year guys. So anyway, uh, I can't help but wonder if some of those guys didn't have the COVID year and didn't stick around. Maybe last year was worse. I don't know, maybe he, without some of that experience, yeah, it feels like he needs to get a coaching staff. There's so many ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, at the end of the day, he's gone. I'm sad about it, but um, it's probably the right decision. There's certainly yeah. people who are angry about the timing of it. Really? Some folks are like, I've heard a few people angry about the timing of it. You have some people fiscally angry, like, why didn't he wait until September is over so you get the half price right. buyout? And other well, people... Let's let's be honest. I and I, I tweeted this from my personal account because I didn't want it to reflect on you by accident. Uh, but but last night people are saying, but what a, they they got to wait until October first. And I was just like, you know, I think there's people with pockets deep enough that if they want Frost gone right now, they'll come up with the money. I don't think we got to worry about it. <laughs> well, and Trev, I thought Trev's opinion on this was valuable, which is they just need a new voice. Sure. In the locker room leading them. Um, these You put so much, you put so much into being a college football player. I mean, you're just, you pour your life into it. And you think about poor Adrian Martinez with his mouth wired shut, taking, taking it off and putting in rubber bands during press conferences. So we don't know that his mouth is wired shut. Um, like just, it's, it's all consuming, and uh, you heard o- O'Shawn Mathis coming out of the locker room today saying there's a losing culture in there right now. Um, so uh, Trev makes the decision that there needs to be a change from the top. There needs to be change in culture. Mickey Joseph's the guy. Apparently, Mickey has changes he's going to make. Like Trev says, we're going to notice changes, so I'm curious to see what that is. Um, but I don't know if this... Give us a better shot against OU or a worse shot. Uh, kind of feels like Mickey has a really long job interview for the next nine games, maybe ten games. Should be interesting. Yeah. So I saw something on Twitter that I thought was interesting. What did you see? Game one was when you were pretty confident Frost was going to be gone. Game one of last year. Oh, of last no, year. The the question was, at what point did you feel like this wasn't going to work out? 
somebody posed that question. Yeah. And I think it was 601, our buddy. Uh-huh. Um, and he said, for him, it was the Week Zero game at Illinois last year. Oh, okay. I thought you guys were saying it was weird. I, I didn't read clear closely enough. Okay. Yeah, and, and for me, I think I've said this several times, is in the lead-up to that season, there was all this talk about all the changes and the kind of three big critical areas of mm-hmm. stupid turnovers, dumb penalties, and special teams gaffes. And they talked a real good talk. And Scott really preached the changes they were making. And within like a half, it was obvious that those things had not happened. And I felt deceived. And I felt lied to. Hmm. I kind of felt I was angry. Like there is one thing to be angry at a, at a football team because it's like, guys, come on, you're embarrassing me. But like this felt it felt really personal. Like I've been listening to this guy and you and I, we spent a lot of time covering the team at that time, especially oh, yeah. in the COVID, the COVID years. Like there's like, you know, we had some extra time on our hands. We did a lot of podcasting and come leading into that season. We were as vested as we were, have ever been. And I just, I was like, I, I don't see, I don't see it. I don't, mm. I don't know if I said to myself, this is not going to work out, but I feel like I'm a different person as a fan as a result of that experience. Hmm. Yeah. And so now it's like, yeah, you know, I, I really care and I really want this to work out, but I'm not going to get as vested. And, and that I think is why you had to fire him now mm-hmm. is because apathy is maybe the most dangerous thing. Like we were just talking about a moment ago, all that's left of, of Cornhusker football greatness, all that's left is the fans. That's mm-hmm. all that they've got. If they don't have the fans, they can't afford to fire him before his buyout doubles <laughs> right. or cuts in half. You know, they can't afford to finish off that massive structure, that sports complex that's going to be too big for whatever coach comes in because Scott had an inflated player role, uh, player roster because he thought, because that's how Tom did it and he wanted to do it how Tom did it. Like, you can't do that without these fans. Like, there's certainly been that line of argument for the last number of years and it's always seemed a little cynical to me and I've shied away from it, but that the sellout streak was in some ways like holding the team back because it felt like the the administration could just say, you know what? It's bad, but people are still donating. People are still showing up. Um, but you know, that's, that's just all there is left. And so if you lose the fans, you, you lose the program, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when you got the student section chanting fire frost and they have, they have all the big, big 10 home games in a package deal tickets for sale. Cause they're still haven't been sold. Like that's, that's bad. <laughs> that's apathy. That is like. That's the end of Nebraska football. I mean, Nebraska football, as we know it, as, as we've kind of been saying, is gone. we got to start over. But that's the kind of thing that may, maybe you never recover for. Getting a little doom and gloom here. I apologize. <laughs> but all, all that to say, I, I think that's why Trev felt he had to make the decision. Sure, sure. When he did. Yep. Kind of bums me out because I feel like it renders next week's game irrelevant. Like, unless we win. If we lose, everybody's like, of course they lost. But if we win... Oh, there people will be talking. <laughs> but before we talk about Oklahoma, I think it is going to be helpful. Let's let's do talk a little bit about the Georgia Southern game. Um, forty-five to forty-two. Gasso, more, more like, like Gas X. Gas Gas X that I need to purchase at my local drugstore because they okay? give me intestinal 
Ouchies. <laughs> okay. Really starting to re- reconsider this whole we don't edit thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, how was the... How was the... What were the announcers like watching it at home? Uh, it was a little bit difficult to pay attention to that. Um, like I said, I was with family. Nephews were running around. Um, there was a dog that kept getting up on a ottoman in front of me um, and staring at me or people next to me. Um, and the volume was going up and down here and there. And so I don't really have a good uh, handle on what the announcers were even saying at any given moment. I was just watching the game. so. Gotcha. Yeah. But from what I hear, um, they were ready to to talk about all of Frost's uh, shortcomings. Like, they had that queued up so that when things went bad, they was ready to, you know, like, oh, let's, let's talk about this for a second. Not surprised. I, I did have the chance to hear a snippet of some... Trev Albert's comments before the game. And it's interesting in retrospect to think back because he was very focused on how the defense would be strained. <laughs> he didn't use that word. I'm using that word. And I didn't mean it ironically, but there we go. Hey, I used reference. it earlier Number too. Number two. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and just the way that, that it's, it's an air raid offense that we won't see again the rest of the season. So in, in one way it is a little bit of an oddball, but the fact is it's, what should be considered an inferior team and they they took it to us but he was he thought that it would be a real challenge for us for the defense to to keep up with schematically so i don't know how surprised he was he thought we were going to win is what he said in the press conference but uh he wasn't i thought we were going to win i thought we were going to win too i ran a bunch of friends at halftime and they asked if i thought if we were going to win i said yeah and and I'll say this, the offense offense looks good, granted. Uh, probably not the best defense we're going to play all season, but they pretty much scored at will, including getting the offense, the special teams unit, into field goal position mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. 35 seconds to work with. I mean, what more What more can you ask? There was probably the only, the biggest offensive error was there was a, a fourth and four or fourth and three in the th- late in the third quarter that we didn't go for. And they, when we punted it to them, yeah. they either threw an interception or they punted it their only time. So in the short term, we didn't lose anything off of that. But it's just like, why are we, why are we punting? And they, we can't stop them. And we've been moving the ball. Yeah. And I, and maybe one other offensive quibble is he is Whipple is a little bit inclined to, to sling it around when a ground and pound keep it away from their offense. Like do do what Nebraska football used to be. Yeah. Do what Wisconsin has done to us, and our offenses had to adjust to. Just let's take it, let's take it to them, and um, and then there's no margin because we did pick it off a few times. So how many times over the last several years has Nebraska scored late in the fourth quarter, but not late enough? And we've tweeted something like, "Hold on." Don't celebrate yet. Wait. We need to see how this is going to play out. I That happened to me last night. Mm, Nebraska yeah. scored, what, with like four minutes to go or something? I forget what it was. but I think it was like three, uh, three minutes, minutes to go. Three was, minutes to it go. It was like a – but it was a four-minute drive, as I recall. Like they took – we took a really long time 
uh, on that on that drive. Mm. It was oh yeah, it was a 98 yard, 15 play, five minute, 58 second drive. Right. To go ahead, so we took over the ball with like eight minutes left in the game, and we scored with three minutes left in the game, and that wasn't enough. Yep. <sighs> um. Yeah. What else is there to say? Missed a, missed a couple field goals, right? Yep. So, I don't know if this is like a devil's advocate thing, but like, f- personally, Kyle Van Trees has probably got to be feeling pretty good today. <laughs> like, came in last yeah. year with a different team, and then this year, like, you gotta gotta make it happen. <laughs> Ugh. I- I, this is this is maybe a minor thing and kind of something that you complain about if you're a loser, but I've been to a lot of games at Memorial Stadium and I've witnessed some tough losses and some uh, chippy opponents. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like the opposing players charging the student section after they won and like flipping the bird, shushing, throwing the bones. It was disgusting. I sit kind of close to the student section. I mean... Yeah, I I uh, honestly, I feel I feel like that is the product of this weird obsession that the rest of college football has with Nebraska. I I think that everybody loves to hate Nebraska right now, but it's not like when the Yankees were good in the '90s and everybody hated them because they were winning. It's this weird, sick twisted thing where I, I like I I cannot stand and I've been very vocal about it for the last couple of years that Reddit CFB account mm. like today yeah. when Frost was fired they tweeted like in a half hour like seven or eight times about Frost it's like get a life like we we know things are terrible over here we don't need y'all piling on and I feel mm. like there's this weird thing where uh, I I <sighs> In a world of hashtag be kind, I feel like the general public is getting worse about just like being in a world. I, of well, hashtag. no, I I think that like bullying is probably worse, and and it's these kids that grew up with like kindness matters. It's like okay, you can get behind that, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, put on your best behavior, but like. Behind the scenes, they're being terrible to each other online. Who knows what's going on on Snapchat and TikTok and all those different ways that kids are just, like, awful to each other. Because, like, let's be honest, kids are awful. Uh, Yes, I'm a youth worker at a church, but, like, let's be honest, kids are really terrible to each other. Um, And... I think there's this weird thing where the culture at large just, like, allows that now. Like, it's okay to kick somebody when they're yeah. down as long as everybody else says it's okay, you know? Well, there is the... I have also noticed the trend of when you beat a team, like, you tweet something sarcastic at them, mm-hmm. you know? And... Like, from from the official accounts now. It yeah. used to be, like, the students or their, you know, the top, the top media cover you know whoever covers the team they're the ones that are talking trash but now it's like the official student section and twitter account or the actual like the football team's account um i mean yeah remember everybody yeah everybody tweeting let's uh oh that's my train of thought (laughs) 
Well, I was just going to say, last, last night it was, I thought it was actually kind of clever. They tweeted out that picture of uh, their, I don't know, what they, what they, their eagle <laughs> eating a cob, oh, corn yeah, on the cob. <laughs> that was, that was kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, at least that, at least that took some thought and some effort. You know, it wasn't a low blow. It was just like, yeah, we came in and we yeah. Well, like the last butt. couple of years, there was the thanks to Nebraska for bringing back football after yeah. we beat them. Yeah, that's garbage. I, that, it's it's like the barstoolification of sports. Yeah, the the barstool uh, Georgia Southern account yesterday morning tweeted something like, "Let's get Scott Frost fired today." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, people are awful. That's that's my take. <laughs> be kind, be nice. No, see, I think all that's garbage. You need to like be a decent human being is what you need to be, and quit pretending Don't. to be kind and then kicking people in the nuts. <laughs> oh man, and we we are uh, we are really uh, commiserating here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. <laughs> I keep thinking this. I'm so glad we've put so much less time into this podcast. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm grateful to have the outlet to like, yeah. it's like, I'm going to talk to Mike tonight. So I'm just thinking about things and that, that frame of mind is to, you know, kind of organizing sort of my things thoughts. Through, yeah. What's a, what's priorities, what's, what's important. So it's kind of nice to have that, um, to have this outlet. Um, and at the same time, it's, it's great that it's not, I mean, we've put a lot of time into this thing mm-hmm. during the week. Like it was like a part-time job. So it anyway. does. It does feel. It does feel appropriate that like we we made it this far. We've seen it through. Here we are. We have successfully chronicled the entire tenure of two Nebraska two. coaches <laughs> for wow for the last eight years. Um. Well, we're sitting here talking about memories of previous coaching transitions for Pete's sake. Yeah, hopefully we can um, we can ride off into the sunset after a national championship with our next coach. I mean, heck, I'd I'd ride off into the subs the sunset after a division championship. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Yep. Well, you know, Big Ten West is still anybody's uh anybody's game oh man right? <laughs> rough day for the big 10 west i mean ours is just like a small piece of it wisconsin losing to washington state iowa losing to iowa state who else lost us fired our coach northwestern just, lost <laughs> you just reminded they me acro- they fumbled across the goal line as they were trying to tie it up in the last few seconds let me find this. What did I remind you of? Oh, I gotta find it. It's on. Um, <laughs> it's from. So speaking of Reddit, the people on the subreddit, the college football subreddit, they're not bad. It's just their Twitter account's awful. Um, <laughs> I love this. Uh, this is a post from the user an angry panda one. Uh, the name of this, uh, the title of this post is for the for the fate of the known universe. We simply cannot allow Iowa and Nebraska to play. And the body of the the post is Iowa's offense running into Nebraska's defense is like trying to divide by zero. It will result in a cataclysmic event that will end us all. A black hole will form and consume everything in existence. <laughs> Unmoving That's object funny. versus non-existent wall. That's funny. <laughs> oh. Hmm. What a time to be alive. Uh, My kids, who, you know, they're still pretty young. 
Mm-hmm. They were pretty sad when they heard Scott Frost fired was mm-hmm. fired. We try not to use the the S word in this house, stupid, which I've used on the show like three times tonight. Uh, and my son was like, "That's stupid." He was really he was sad. He's like, "I like Scott Frost," and I was like, "I like Scott Frost too." You know, we're not friends, but I think he he, he gave his best for his school. What more can you ask? It all it all started when somebody stole his Wii. We should have known that was an omen. <laughs> it was Scott's Wii? I'm pretty sure it's somebody stole Scott Frost's Wii when he first moved into Lincoln. Like, among other things. I just remember that was one of the things that was listed when, like, somebody broke into his house. You don't remember that? Yeah. No, I, I, I remember the Wii getting stolen. I just guess I forgot it was Scott's, but yeah. it's all coming back. He can't play uh, Mario Kart anymore. With the motion controls. It's, it's like I'm turning a steering wheel. <laughs> oh, man. Long snappers looked good, though. Hey. The extra point long snapper got a lot of reps. Mm-hmm. Should we speaking look at SP Plus here? I was about oh. to ask, speaking of, uh, how's, our, uh, how's our numbers looking? Because I know that that's been... Uh, we've been waiting with bated breath to see how our special teams are doing this year. I don't, are, we, are we in the hundreds? I don't really get what's going on here. Oh. So o- overall, 51, which, okay. I mean, there's 65 Power 5 teams, and we've lost uh, one and a Sunbelt team, and we barely beat an FCS team. So, I mean, we're definitely at the bottom end of the F or the Power 5 pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, our offense is at 50, which I feel like the offense has been pretty effective. Yeah. Um, I'm already blocking out the Northwestern game, so I can't remember some of the struggles there. I know it went cold in the second half, but uh, anyway, offense is 50th. Defense, which has been just really poor, it says they have it 53. And special teams, where would you guess? I'm going to give it a straight 100, because despite us having a decent punter, we have still been... Uh, missing field goals and not really returning the ball. Um, I don't. I don't remember them letting too many people get too far when we punt or kick off. But uh, yeah, it's I been wholly like, unremarkable. Yeah, that's, no, that's a good point. I feel like kick coverage has been average. We've had a lot of touchbacks. I don't really. I can't think of any big returns by the other team. And to your point, neither of our return units have had good. I think we still have zero punt return yards, and. Anytime we kick, I, we probably average starting on kickoff behind the 25 because when we do bring it out, we don't get there. Mm-hmm. And we've missed field goals. Bushini has been good as a punter. He's been good. Okay. Special teams, 130. Oh, my gosh. So that's worse I don't than know, last year. I don't know what that's about. I don't, I don't quite. Maybe it's weighted from previous the previous year, and that's keeping the defense higher and special okay. teams lower. Because I thought we would not be that low. Yeah, that's very surprising. It, maybe it's just a small body of work, you know? Like, we've played three games, but most most teams have played two. Huh. Hmm. Bummer, man. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just thinking about Billy Bush and all those guys. Like, no, uh, no coaches were fired, aside from Scott, by Trev. But Trev said Mickey is you know, effectively the head coach for the rest of the season. So if he wants to make any changes, he can. Sure. It'd be interesting to see. 
Also, you think about the impact of the athletic department uh, as far as Scott's number two there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Davidson. Curious to see what his tenure right. looks like. Come back to KFAB <laughs> or wherever he was before. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see what happens next there. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting to think about. Anyway, OU's coming to town. It felt like last year the Nebraskans that went down to Norman it felt like it was just like a love fest, and it was yeah a, for most people watching, I think a surprisingly close game that we could have been in, we could have won, but for some you know on brand huge special teams mistakes, <laughs> and uh, so I don't know I don't really know anything about OU at this point other than Brent Venables is their coach who was at. Clemson as a defense coordinator for a really long time, including when they were winning national championships. I know they lost their head coach and a lot of talent went with him, but it sounds like they've got a bunch of transfers and they've re- restocked, reloaded. According to SP Plus, they are overall number five, <laughs> and uh, their defense, their offense is number five. Their defense is twenty-two, and their special teams is thirty-six. So uh, the degree of difficulty is about to go way up. Let me uh, let me look at SP Plus and see where uh, Northwestern is. I'd be curious sure. to see. Yeah. I'm just going to scroll down to the bottom and then start going up. That would be my guess as to where to find them. 89. Hmm. Their offense is 103. Defense is 74. Special teams is 123. And we lost to them. (laughs) Well, looking at uh, ESPN's FPI, uh, it's not quite as dismal as, as one might think. Um, they they give Oklahoma seventy five percent chance of of beating Nebraska this weekend, which I like. Part of me is kind of curious. Like, did that number get affected at all by frost firing? Like, I wonder if like is it potentially a net positive just because we are now unpredictable and who knows it, what it, the scheme is going to be? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that's interesting. Um. So by, maybe by the way, mm-hmm. by the way, Georgia Southern is a hundred in SP plus. Offense hmm. ninety three, defense ninety eight, special teams thirty nine. Ridiculous. Their, their special teams were good. Yeah, their punter was good. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect. I know that uh, there's a lot of people coming back to town for it. Sounds like I was talking to a friend who's like, uh, I might have to stay at a hotel in Omaha. I can't find one. In like hmm. You know, I like. I, I hope that that's what this Saturday becomes is just kind of a a celebration of the history between these two teams because we kind of got robbed of that last year. I felt with us getting forced into the like this year we're expecting it, but last year they wanted it to be a night game and it wasn't. This year I think we just kind of accepted that it would be what it is <laughs> hmm. um, with Fox doing their big noon garbage. Um, <laughs> Not a fan. Well, I mean, it's it's whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I felt like last year they made the most of it. This year, um, I mean, that's all we got. That's something that we were talking about is the fan base is – the fan base is Nebraska football right now. And I would love for Saturday to be a positive regardless of whether or not we win or lose. Because like I was saying before, like if we, if we lose – People are just gonna be like, okay, yeah, well, we expected that. But if we win, oh, that's that's even better, right? That's fun. That's great. That's wonderful. Um, but I truly hope that people show up and cheer on the team. 
Um, I think they will. I think they'll come I out. I think they will. In force. Well, I mean, well, cons- I feel like this this game, for all all that we said up front about like burying the past, like you still not you're not gonna. That's, oh, yeah. that's regarding that's regarding the coaching hire. Right. That as a right. fan base, we're, we don't forget the past. Of course. And so, um, so yeah, t- this this game is gonna be uh, old home week, and you know, Osborne and Switzer, lots of love, yada yada yada. Um, there's just going to be a ton of people back and it's going to be a celebration of when Nebraska was great. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I, I can't help but wonder if someone in the athletic department, Oklahoma is like, look, win, win well, but don't be mean. <laughs> right. Like, would they, would they do that? Would they call off the dogs? I could see that. I could For see that. For that classic, uh, uh, big 10 SEC matchup, Nebraska, Oklahoma. <laughs> Oh, that feels gross. Ugh. Although we were we were the first ones to jump ship. Texas started it. Yeah, yeah. We were forced and out. I was rooting I was rooting them for a second. So did I. Oh, that would have been fun. But ultimately at the end of the day, oh well, I mean Texas still lost. So <laughs> But and uh, Texas A and M. Yeah. Strange day. Well, um Yeah, you going to the game? Oh yeah, awesome. That's great. Do you realize uh, this has been tweeted a few times today? As the interim head coach, Mickey Joseph is the first African American African American coach at Nebraska of any sport. Right. That's yeah. wild. When I when I first saw that, I, I, part of me was like, "Well, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, Devaney and Osborne were here forever." And then I was like, "Oh wait, no, of any sport, any sport." Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, there's so many sports. Yeah, <laughs> surely, like somebody somewhere. But, but no. then that also got me looking up census information for Nebraska, and it, you know, it's not too surprising, but it's also overdue. So, I mean, that's that's wonderful. I'm for it. Yeah, it's great. I'm super excited. I, you know, if he, if he, if things could take off, and he sticks around for the next, you know, 25 years, I'd be. That's great. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. Um, I will say this to to folks. Um, if you've never been to a Nebraska game, um, tickets will still be hard to come by this weekend. But uh, I don't know. Maybe uh. Maybe show up to Memorial Stadium about 15 minutes before any of the games for the rest of the year and uh, get yourself a deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good advice. I just anyway. uh, just figured out with my, my college buddies that come back for a game each year, we're going to do the Minnesota game on November 5th. And okay. depending on how things work out, I mean, I feel like folks like to get back earlier. You know, November... You're rolling the dice with yeah, you have yeah. no idea. I mean, rolling the dice at this time of year too. It could be blistering hot, but I mean, you could have a snowstorm, you could have an ice storm, you could have a blizzard, you could have. It could be ninety it could be degrees. Hot. Yeah, yeah, it could be hot. <laughs> so uh, that's a good point. Maybe I won't work that hard on digging up tickets because <laughs> if you want to pay maybe in just the Aussies, wait. yeah, yeah. If you're if you want, it's paying for the knowledge that you have tickets. That's what makes it expensive. Mm-hmm. If you can if you can live with the unknown and take it up to the last minute. That's when people just give them to you, right? People call people call me all the time. Uh, game week. Do you know anybody who wants tickets? I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do not. I know a lot of people who are asking me that question, but anybody who wants them, I don't know those people. Mm-hmm. Right now. Or you could just go to Huskers.com. Sounds like there's tickets available. You get a package deal. 
come and watch a new era. I bet. I wonder if that, you know, that might help ticket sales. You know, new coach, interest, that could help. Sure, yeah. Mike, it's been uh, it's been nice talking to you, and uh, yeah. I'm glad we're still doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there, there was uh, there was a little bit of discussion yesterday about, like, do we, do we jump ship on this thing? But we felt it appropriate to... To, to stick with it so here we are and uh we'll be here next week too let the record show i never thought about not oh i i thought about i wanted to record i wanted to talk about anything but nebraska football. oh that's right yeah <laughs> that's what you said yeah so hey that that's been your idea we've been sitting on for about four or five years now <laughs> yeah no i know it it even before he got fired things felt kind of monumental i guess yeah it felt like it was funny i had just finished li- uh i was listening to chattel's article this morning and he's made a comment like uh, about how that's it's not a matter of if but when frost is gone and he said but they're not gonna fire him before oklahoma week and it was not Oops. long after that i saw <laughs> the news yeah so yeah hmm well now more than ever i say go big red go big red Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska.